0: hello everybody and welcome to my podcast audio shelf uh uh wait
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your, your
2: podcast wait a second what are you talking about excuse me this is not your podcast
1: you are the producer welcome to audio shelf
2: a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures i'm brad and i'm Brittany,
1: and we are the voices in your head
2: So why are you here, Sean?
0: I am here to help present our next book, one that I love a lot and was actually partly my recommendation because I read it
1: a while ago, uh, Ready Player One. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous about this one. Mm. All right, so let's go into the details about the book. The title is Ready Player One, as Sean said. The author is Ernest Cline, narrated by Will Wheaton.
2: Yes, that Will Wheaton.
1: That Will Wheaton. Publisher is Random House Audio. The release date was August sixteenth, two thousand eleven. Why are we just now hearing about this? I feel I don't like this know. is a very popular book right now. Maybe because the film rates. We'll talk about Probably that later. Film. But the duration of this audiobook was fifteen hours and forty six minutes. And the genre is literary collections, high tech, adventure, and gamer lit.
2: Ooh, I like that last another,
1: one. Another genre was nerd. Uh- I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> 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 better watch your out, boy i'm just kidding mm. for our summary taken from amazon we have it's the year 2044 and the real world is an ugly place like most of humanity wade watts escapes his grim surroundings by spending his waking hours jacked into the oasis a sprawling virtual utopia that lets you be anything you want to be a place where you can live and play and fall in love on any of the ten thousand planets And like most of humanity, Wade dreams of being the one to discover the ultimate lottery ticket that lies concealed within the virtual world. For somewhere inside this giant networked playground, Oasis creator James Halliday has hidden a series of fiendish puzzles that will yield massive fortune and remarkable power to whoever can unlock them. For years, millions have struggled fruitlessly to attain this prize, knowing only that Halliday's riddles are based in the pop culture he loved that of the late 20th century. And for years, millions have found in this quest another means of escape, retreating into happy, obsessive study of Halliday's icons. Like many of his contemporaries, Wade is as comfortable debating the finer points of John Hughes' work, playing Pac-Man or reciting Devo lyrics, as he is scrounging power to run his Oasis rig. And then Wade stumbles upon the first puzzle. Suddenly the whole world is watching and thousands of competitors join the hunt, among them certain powerful players who are willing to commit very real murder to beat Wade to this prize. Now the only way for Wade to survive and preserve everything he knows is to win. But to do so, he may have to leave behind his oh-so-perfect virtual existence and face up to life and love. In the real world, he's always been so desperate to escape. A world at stake a quest for the ultimate prize are you ready
1: i don't know if i am <laughs> <laughs> so tell me is this based on a true story
2: <laughs>
1: what is holiday a real person yes and no
0: i think what ernest klein did was he took a lot of pop culture icons and kind of turn them into other characters. So while he's not an actual person, you can see a lot of innovators, like both Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, kind of in his character. So I think that, that that's kind of the influence for him.
1: Hmm. See, I thought he was a real person. <laughs> I thought he yeah. really created a game, like an Easter egg. And I don't even understand why it's an Easter egg. So... <laughs> <laughs> what, what is so special about Easter?
0: Why can't it be a chicken egg? because you find easter eggs you don't find chicken eggs you ever ever do an easter egg hunt brad's a
2: brad's upbringing might have been a little different (laughs) he's searching for chicken eggs all the time instead of just easter eggs once a year Uh, i didn't even think about that
1: you hunt for easter eggs
2: oh my goodness all right the more you know
1: (laughs) all right that answered my big question okay all right, and then they also explain to me that the Oasis is a...
2: Virtual reality. Virtually,
1: the vir- <laughs> <laughs> virtual reality world. Yes. And in 20 you're telling me in 2044, we had 10,000 planets?
0: Yeah, they added more. They isn't took it, Pluto back and then...
1: Isn't there only like nine?
0: Eight, right? Eight? Hmm. <laughs> so, you know how the internet... Okay. Has a bunch of websites. Yes. Instead of websites now, they have planets that are like their own thing that you can visit in virtual
1: reality. Hmm. And that's different from cookies? Slightly. Okay. (laughs) Now it wasn't cookies.
2: I know, right? You said cookies and I was like... (laughs) Check legit? Can we go? (laughs) Uh,
1: Sorry. So let's talk about the performance of Will Wheaton.
2: When I first saw that this was narrated by Will Wheaton, I was very excited. I like Will Wheaton.
1: I only know Will Wheaton from Big Bang Theory.
2: You never watched Tabletop or anything? No. I mean, I guess he's he was on Star Trek too. Small potatoes there.
1: And that's what I knew from Big Bang is that he was on Star Trek.
2: Brad was doing a hand motion.
1: <laughs> is that what he dang sign? I
2: don't. I think that's. I think that's it's devil horns. Oh.
1: Oh. I okay. think that
2: means like, <laughs> f you or something what? in demon.
1: Oh, that means I love you. Oh, does it? In in, in sign language.
2: If you wave it, what if you just hold it straight? Does it mean something different? I thought that
1: meant Star Trek.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It could be. (laughs) I don't know.
1: Uh, So, Will Wheaton.
2: What did you think about him?
1: I really enjoyed him. Like, I really did. I feel like he, it was very natural for him. I felt like he knew what he was talking about. I guess because he's into that kind of world with games.
2: Yeah. And like geek culture.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I felt like it was very natural and it was very smooth. And I really liked how he gave Wade his voice. He didn't really do too many voices with other characters except for Shoto and Daito.
2: And Ogden. And Ogden. And I felt like all the older characters he did different voices for, but the ones that were similar to Wade. Mm Mm-hmm. He just kept the same voice. Yeah,
1: like H and Artemis.
0: He definitely really was into it because I think Mm -hmm. he was into the stuff he was talking about. And he wanted to kind of make... Weighed a character he would play on a show. And so he mm-hmm. definitely acted it like he would act a normal character. The problem is exactly that. He did it with H and Artemis in the same way. Mm-hmm. So there's parts where they were going back and forth. And you're like, is this person talking to himself or is actually someone else yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, the Japanese characters, he did great. The He did a voice for the computer from War Games, mm-hmm. Max Headroom. like As I stumbled into the bathroom module and emptied
1: my bladder... Max continued to address me from a small monitor mounted above the mirror. "Uh Uh-oh, it appears you sprung a leak, he said. All those
0: characters had unique voices, but the main characters, he just made sound like all the other main characters.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think one thing for me is, for him and this audiobook and why I enjoyed it so much, is the emotion that he brought to each scene. Mm -hmm. I think that overrid the voices and like just the personification of the characters I think the emotion that he had he was so invested in what he was reading and what the characters were doing I think that was the highlight of the audiobook for me
2: yeah I tied his interest in with his emotion because you could really hear how much he loved the world that he was reading for Mm -hmm. which was phenomenal I want Will to do more Mm -hmm. audiobooks
1: yeah I feel like he definitely read this book multiple times before he recorded it.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel I, like this is something that he had on his bookshelf. Oh, definitely. I also wonder how funny it was for him to come across his own name in the book. I was looking, because I kept reading
1: that, where he even said in the beginning, he said, Oh, and my Will Wheaton's name is going to be at the end. And I was looking for it, and I only heard one mention
2: of him.
0: Yeah, him and Cory Doctorow, or the presence of Oasis. Yeah. So he just says his name. I was expecting to hear a little giggle afterwards, but yeah. he just went right he through. He
2: kept it
1: professional. So he has a business called Oasis. Oh he, my god!
0: So so Oasis <laughs> Oasis is run by people like the government of, for the United States, and him and Cory Doctorow, who is a famous blogger, they both are elected to be these people. So in he's he's elected oh. in, the bo- in the book in the book. Oh, okay. is that the confusion? That's not the confusion. In
2: real life. <laughs> You're sitting here trying to explain it. And I'm like, he thinks he's in real life owning a business called Oasis.
0: So we're talking about a book. The book is called Ready Player One. <laughs>
2: Sorry. There's so many real people.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Oh it is, although it is confusing, though, because there are a lot of real people mentioned. Well, a ton of real people throughout. mentioned. Yes.
1: Yeah, throughout the whole audiobook, I thought this was a biography of some guy named Holiday. <laughs> I mean it takes place in the future. So There's that's a your crickets. I didn't know it took place in the future. I, I think I texted you, I was like, is Yeah this t- Is this place is this two thousand and forty four?
2: You you asked a question <laughs> and then like I didn't answer right away and then like ten minutes later you were like, Oh, it's in twenty forty four, never mind.
1: <laughs> because he said in the beginning, he said back in twenty thirty seven or twenty thirty one or something like that. And I was like, Wait, what? We haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> that part in the future. <laughs> Uh, so I was a little, you know... You're adorable, friend. <laughs> I was a little dumb in this book.
2: No, you're cute.
1: <laughs> but it was good. I really liked it.
2: Yeah.
0: The story's definitely there for, I think, everybody. The story, mm-hmm. The story is rich. A lot of the references are hard because, mm-hmm. I mean... There's a lot of geek references, a ton of geek references to Dungeons and Dragons, to computers, to the internet. Mm-hmm. And I understood most of those, but then they'd get to 80s references. I'm getting maybe a few here and there, and most of the rest of them, I'm just yeah. waiting for it to be like, okay, I don't know that reference, but mm-hmm. I might get the next one.
1: Mm-hmm. I felt this book was what Stranger Things did for TV show. Yeah. that They brought all that 80s references and the that feel for it. And I thought the whole time I was like, oh, my God, this is what Stranger Things did with the 80s and and horror, you know? Definitely. And this is like 80s and game Mm -hmm. horror stuff.
2: I really liked it because I like virtual reality type books. I mean, I like virtual reality stuff and I never have gotten the chance to read or listen to or even really watch something that is 90% immersed in a virtual reality world. And so that's something that I really liked about this book is that most of it is in Oasis, but then a portion of it is also in the real world and is very important for the real world to be involved in. And so I like how it kind of meshed the real world and the virtual reality world together, and they worked in harmony with each other.
0: It's part of what makes the book pace really well is when it jumps to the real world and you see just how bad things get for the future mm-hmm. and then it like puts it against this magical wonderland of you can do anything and then it brings you back to the real world and just kind of plays off each other and so mm-hmm. like you said it's like harmony or like a discord between the terrible real life and everyone escaping to this virtual reality and how you can kind of see that in the world now as people try and go okay well my job sucks but I'll come home and just escape into the things i enjoy and is that actually a good thing and the book doesn't really make an opinion one way or another it kind of acknowledges that's good but then acknowledges that it's bad
2: mm-hmm. it'll be interesting if in the future people just start stacking their trailer homes on top of each other
1: oh my goodness Whew. trailers
0: that's scary did anyone else get like vertigo like reading that part or listening yeah when, that when far? he
2: like starts climbing down i'm like how is he climbing down this how do they access their apartment trailers mm-hmm. is there an elevator they're just ladders. Is there scaffolding? I
1: mean, who thought of this idea? I
2: don't know.
1: <laughs> Government. Government.
2: Ernest Cline is a visual genius.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is Ernest Cline's first book, or it's one of his... Because I don't think he has he... a lot, does he?
0: I think this might have been his first. He had a... Can I look it up? Yeah, I can't remember his other one.
1: That's what it looks like?
2: He looks like Wade. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. What if Ready Player One is his oasis, and he escapes into Wade, who is an avatar for him?
2: Oh! <gasps> Whoa.
1: That's meta.
0: Is that meta? Yeah, it's meta. It's meta.
2: Yeah, that's meta. <laughs> <laughs> he only has two. Ready Player One and Armada.
1: Hmm.
2: Armada was released in 2015.
1: I mean, he is in a-, a Ooh,
2: it looks very similar.
1: Oh. I mean, he definitely <gasps> has a way with words. Wait. What? Is it a sequel?
2: Oh, wait. Will oh, Wheaton. Oh, Will Wheaton performs uh, in Armada as well, so- uh-oh. Might be one for later this year. All righty. Yeah, because I really enjoyed Will Wheaton's voice in this mm-hmm.
1: book. It was very clear.
2: Yeah, he just has like a nice sounding voice. Mm-hmm. He speaks very well and he just has a way with words. Mm-hmm. He enunciates everything His so inflection. Yeah.
1: Everything was just like with a, with a force and with mm-hmm. meaning.
2: One of the notes I made is that even though there's not a crazy amount of emotions, like with crying and just all-out devastation, there's still a lot of feeling in his reading because of his inflections Mm -hmm. and just what he's able to do with the words that he's given. After all, the people of planet Earth had other concerns. The ongoing energy crisis,
1: catastrophic climate change, widespread famine, poverty and disease, half a dozen wars, you know... Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria.
0: I think it's all the benefit of having a professional voice actor who's actually also into what he's reading. That's true. He's a
1: voice actor, isn't
0: he? He's a pretty big character in a lot of things in which he had to provide voices. Yeah. This isn't his first time just being in a disembodied voice.
2: He also looks like how I imagined Wade, so I think because I Mm -hmm. knew what Will Wheaton looked like, it was easy for me to build the character of Wade in my head and give him a persona and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because of Will, I guess in my mind, Wade looks like a mashup of Ernest Klein and Will Wheaton. Mm -hmm. Which now that I think about it, could look weird, but and a Minecraft character, like a block head, yeah, block head, but with a beard, yes. But Wade's eighteen. He,
1: okay, that's another thing I want to talk about. Is he? He's eighteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that this is not? Is that still young adult considered young adult when he's eighteen?
2: I still consider myself a young adult. Me too.
1: Then I think that's my only thing that I was. It was hard for me to get past. Was he was not speaking like an eighteen year old. Like the language that I used, I was just like, is this really an eighteen year old? I kept forgetting that he was so young. I could see that. He
0: does talk like an adult, and so it makes it hard to Mm -hmm. remember this is even kind of a young adult book. It has a lot of that feeling to it. I would say that part of it is him having to grow up so fast Mm -hmm. because of his living environment, and it is in the future. Like you said, it's a different world. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's just how everyone happens to talk.
2: Yeah,
1: that's true. Mm -hmm. That is true. I mean, this is 2044. Maybe kids will get smarter in the future.
2: Probably not. Uh. There's always those gems.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those gems,
2: Uh.
0: but he has he is also really smart, and so it acknowledges that acknowledges that he's intelligent, not academically, but kind of kind of street smart, kind of like in in a weird way, and so he probably is picked up a lot through his research, like speaking eloquently.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that the book really tried to push is that Wade, while he doesn't do great in school, he really is able to study still and learn all the things that he needs to learn for holidays, puzzles and Easter eggs. And I think that gives him a different kind of importance in character where he doesn't have to be a know-it-all or smart in the classical sense, but he's still very intelligent when it comes to things that he needs to adapt to. So like his home life, he was able to learn how to avoid certain situations like getting his computer taken away from his aunt and... <Sorry>.
1: That really made me mad.
2: I know, right? But, that was like, oh, God. It reminded
1: me of how, I don't know, I feel like we are, in books, we're drawn to characters that are in pain. Mm-hmm. When their parents aren't there, like Harry Potter with the Dursleys keeping him under the the stairs.
2: Although he could have made that place real cute.
1: That is, I mean, right? Especially with Pinterest now. God. But and then who else? What other characters are like just were drawn to them because they ha- they've had such a hard life. Disney series characters, of, yeah. Series of unfortunate <laughs> events. Disney a lot of Disney characters. Yes. Papas and mamas die all the time. Yes. So that was very interesting and to kind of see his journey through that, even with a horrible aunt that was just using him to get some monies. I was so mad when they took his computer away. Mm-hmm. Me too. I kind of wasn't that upset when he got, they got... <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. Got. It,
2: <laughs> is that really a spoiler, though? It
0: is.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so.
0: It definitely makes it... Better later on to understand, A, why he was so reclusive, and then, B, when things happen later on in the book, why he is okay with having to run from home so that he can avoid uh, the the bad guys in the book mm-hmm. coming in to get him. Mm-hmm. Because you see that a lot in books, where the main character has to go on this major journey, and they just kind of forget about home. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, this was too easy for you, whereas his character, he... He adapts because it made it clear early on. So when the major upsetting change happens and there's so many twists in the book that it's just little twist after little twist that by the time they happen, it makes sense that he's adapting to it. Not just the magic story. Oh, I happen to work my way through this, even though my character is actually a little dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. And virtual reality, that's like the perfect place for a character to go to, and then the audience just kind of get lost with him. Yeah. Because you're not expecting him to go back to his crappy home anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So then when he does, and then he leaves, just making his way downtown.
1: Driving past?
2: Faces past.
1: He's homebound. Except not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Except new homebound.
1: Virtual reality bound.
2: So how did you like the audiobooks since you don't really listen to many audiobooks? I mean, you you have, but...
1: Yeah, the I,
0: I couldn't actually remember because, again, I, this was years ago when I first enjoyed it. And I forgot whether or not I listened to it or read it because I had the audiobook and I had the regular book. And it wasn't until partway through when I realized he was saying some things like H's name and I knew how it was spelled because it's not actually the letter H, even though that's where he pulls it
1: from. Oh, I thought it was the letter H. And I did not know yeah. Artemis was spelled with a three. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's hip.
0: <laughs> it's it's so internet. I, I knew certain things like that. And I was like, why do I know that that's the way it's spelled? And then I remembered, oh, I did actually go and read it. And some of the things just made more sense in my head reading it because it's the way it's written or how it's said makes sense in writing. And then when Will's reading it, it still makes sense. It's just a different idea i liked both i i like to able to read it and see everything in writing there wasn't a lot of instances but also i could skip past any references where i don't know this director so i don't know what work they're talking about i could read through that faster uh but then hearing will talk was also phenomenal so i can't say i would prefer one or the other i just really enjoyed listening to will wheaton talk and i also enjoyed having that physical experience
2: right
1: So with the 15 hours and 46 minutes, do you feel like you got a clear picture of the universe that was built?
2: I think I did. For me, I definitely feel like it was able to give me a lot of information about Wade and then also a lot of information about the other characters that make the book important, like Artemis and H and Daito and Shoto.
1: Daito, Shoto.
2: I really liked learning about all of them and going outside of just the main character. I I enjoyed that very much. Mm -hmm. Which, also talking about Artemis a little bit and going back to Wade being smart, it was interesting that he still was kind of dumb around Artemis.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was very very
2: teenage boy. It
1: was very teenage boy. Yeah. And I do like their relationship because I really like Artemis as a character. Yeah. I just felt like she set her limits and she knew what she had to do and she wasn't afraid to say... This is how I'm doing it. You can do your own thing, but I'm going to take a break from you. I mean, she didn't respond to him in a long time. I
2: mean, that's kind of rude. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I bet, like, you just she... kind of iced somebody out that actually showed that they cared for you and not in a creepy way, mind you. Like, she kept him there. She had
1: a b- right? No. Well, he said. B-
2: she had. B- oh, I
1: love it. B- b- well, she is It yeah, was b- the.
2: The. the b- oh,
1: the b- thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Aw, I needed a girl with b- I am gay now.
2: I mean <laughs> I wonder that was the case.
1: No. <laughs> but anyway, I just I don't know. I I felt like she was strong enough to be like, I don't I like this kid, but I need to do what's best for me. She did she did tell him saying
2: Yeah, she was like flying through the roof of a of a broken nightclub.
1: That's not how you She's like put on pause?
2: <laughs> peace. Peace, Wade. I find it rude when people don't at least respond. I find that rude in the real world, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you clearly have caught feelings for the boy and the boy has caught feelings for you. So maybe explain your insecurities a little bit, because that's what it all that's what it all boiled down to is that she was insecure about her relationship developing with Wade.
1: So she ghosted him. Yeah.
2: And then at the end, she was just. I don't know. She was just written very, very mean. I didn't want Wade to be with her because she was just cold and just so insecure. short. She did and sound
1: bitter when H and the rest of them were giving him applause and praise and saying, go with force, young Wade. She was just like, oh, yeah, good luck.
2: It just rubbed me the wrong way.
1: But I think, I don't know, I think she was conflicted and she didn't know how to express her emotions appropriately because she got to <laughs>
2: I don't know. I mean, if it if it was <laughs> Artemis in Wade's position and Wade was treating her like that, I just feel like there would be a totally different argument presented.
1: Oh yeah, he would have been. He would have been seen as a douchebag, yeah. and I'm glad they didn't do that to the main character because I did
0: not like her at the end. Like Brittany oh, was saying, okay. like it made me not like her because at a certain point, I agreed. Mm-hmm. I agreed with you up until she ghosted him. It, she was strong. She was yes. snide, sardonic. Then at a certain point, she's like, hey, I know we met through this Easter egg hunt, but that's also the reason why we can't talk anymore, because I just want to focus on this. Mm -hmm. And then something was cold and dismissive, and he was still trying to show interest in trying, and I think he matured a lot through the Mm -hmm. book. And so by the end, he knew exactly what he needed to do, and she was still just like, hmm. Yeah, well, whatever. I am want to hide from you still, even after we start talking again.
2: It's like, girl, be confident with yourself. Yeah, that's true. You want to be confident in this game as an avatar, but you can't find the strength to do it mm-hmm. in the real world?
1: For me, it was hard to latch on at first because they were talking about like source codes and all this different type of words. I didn't know what they were. And I feel like he didn't explain them because that's not what the book, that's not the intention of the book was to teach you what is going on. But I think that was the only thing for me that held me back from like, oh my God, five good reads, amazing, 10 stars kind of thing. But I did really enjoy it. And I think any gamer would love this. And I think any non-gamer would appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I could agree. There are... I feel like it's kind of split between the 80s references to movies and books and then the references to just video games in yeah. the era. So you're kind of missing out on half the book if you don't mm-hmm. like or appreciate one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's a
1: little hard and, to... And I really like the movies and the, and the music references and everything like that. Yeah. I think that was what really draw me into it yeah, yeah it
2: had a little bit of everything
1: mm-hmm. so
0: talking about like the length of it it's interesting because i feel like it actually i love the pacing of the story but i don't like the pacing of the book and i guess this is also holds holding back from liking the audiobook more is when he goes to read the scoreboards for example that's a while of just this name this score this oh, name yeah. this score and it's kind of interesting like the first couple times but then they do it a couple more times mm-hmm. and you're like most of these numbers for example are the same when they get to the sixer names which are i oh. series of six numbers it's only just like you're listening and ramble off some numbers and so it's just
1: yeah no i think when i was listening to that i was like man i wish i had the hardcover in front of me so i can see what the scoreboard looked like yeah. exactly and yeah. that
0: That went a huge difference in just being able to look at the numbers and see, oh, wow, so this is the standing of everybody because that's important. Mm -hmm. And then to just have it read to you, you're like, what was that first
1: number? I know
2: when it happened, like, the third time, I was kind of over.
1: Like, I think I dropped off at number five because they were talking about the top five. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. they're not in the top five anymore. Yeah,
2: I just kind of lost interest in it Mm -hmm. at that point.
0: And that's why the book, it's meant to be kind of a visual thing in the book. You look at the table, you go, oh, okay. Or you get the gist of what it's saying and then you move on. Mm-hmm. And I understand him having to read it because it's, it's there and you don't want to skip it. And he also takes a lot of pauses in his talking up points. Mm. So it takes mm-hmm. a while to get through parts of the book like that. So he's great at speaking. He says it very clearly. It's just the slower parts go really slowly.
2: Yeah. Which add time to the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even if
2: it's just a few seconds, it still is adding time.
0: Also, I'm going to plug in and say his Pac-Man noises. I loved them. Oh,
2: yeah, they
1: were good.
0: So I feel like, again, the book is into a lot of detail about how Pac-Man is played. So if you're not into video games, mm-hmm. you would be like, okay, I don't even know what you're talking about. I know Pac-Man, but mm-hmm. I don't know what this stuff is. But then he kind of interjects it with like some noises and some fun stuff to kind of carry you through it. And I felt like that helps during mm-hmm. the slower bits, during the bits where you kind of aren't connecting with what they're talking about.
1: The game emitted a familiar electronic whoop, guiding my pizza shaped protagonist through one maze after another. Waka, waka,
0: waka, waka. I
1: do like Pac Man.
0: There well, you that's go.
2: Good. <laughs> there you go. It's not evil. No.
1: It's definitely incarnate.
2: How did you listen to this book?
1: Um, so, a lot of it was finished when I was on my walks with dogs. Mm hmm. So I took my sister's dog for a long walk down to the bridge where we took those pictures that one time, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was a really nice time. And that was about like an hour and a half. And I did that a couple times. And so I, a majority of my time was on the walks. And then of course I listened to it you know, driving to work. How about you?
2: I listened to it at the gym and at home. I really didn't want to ever stop listening to it, Mm -hmm. and so I just kept going, and the 15 hours felt like it was five.
1: Yeah, it went by super quick. I think we were talking about that earlier. 15 hours, it did not feel like it.
2: Yeah, and I know Sean listened to it pretty much in a day. (laughs) Oh,
1: wow. Uh, Yeah, I definitely
0: listened to it. Well, I feel like in the beginning, I was listening to it at the gym, kind of at home a little bit, but by the end, the end gets so exciting. And yeah. so fast-paced, so much stuff happens, mm-hmm. and again, many twists after twist. I just sat down on the couch and just listened to it all in one go for yeah. the last few hours.
2: Which made me really want to just sit down and listen to it. I think Sean being at home and listening to it as well kind of made me want to listen to it more
1: because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i
2: could hear him like laughing from the couch and i was just like
1: eh. <laughs> it was it was such a funny book yeah mm-hmm. it was ve- the humor was a great in it i loved it
2: yeah it wasn't obnoxious or anything no
1: where should you listen to a book like this
2: at an arcade.
1: At an arcade. If
2: those exist.
1: I imagine those virtual reality goggles that people were wearing. Yeah, like
2: in Ocean City where they sit in like the movie theater chairs yeah. and it just kind of rocks them back and forth. Doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. You can just yeah. sit
1: there for 15 hours and listen yeah. to the audiobook. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or go to Six Flags and get stuck on a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. So the time has come. Would we shelf or shelf this book? Let's start with our guest, Sean.
0: I would definitely shelf it. I loved it, I read it twice read it, then listen to it. And I would listen to it again. I enjoyed it a lot. I felt like it was everything that I enjoy and with a great story.
2: Awesome. I would totally shelf this as well. So we would have two copies of it. I will will read both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um. I I really liked it. I Loved the video game references. And like I said at the beginning, there's not really a book that I've found that's quite like this. I'm sure that there's other ones out there. But this one is just, it covers everything that I really loved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have to say I would have never picked this book up. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for you two. But I will say that I would shelf this. I think, like you said, there's a lot of information and a lot of things to kind of make the story amazing for people of all kinds of interests that don't necessarily do things that are presented in the book. But I really, really enjoyed it. And I would shelf this.
2: Wow. I know. I'm surprised. But I knew when I started listening to it with all the movie and TV Mm -hmm. show references, I was like, Mm -hmm. family ties.
1: Family ties. Brad's going to love it. my god, I love family ties. Well, thank you for joining us, Sean. Yes. Absolutely. As our first ever guest. My pleasure.
2: Yeah, this is a little trial run.
1: (laughs) I think it was a success.
2: I think so. It was very fun. All
1: right. Well, thank you for listening to us today. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at AudioshelfMe and Facebook is at Audioshelf. And subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, and Google Play Music.
2: And if you would like to get Ready Player One and Ernest Cline's other book, Armada, please sign up through the affiliate link on our website at audioshelf.me. You can get two free books by signing up for a 30-day free trial of Audible.
1: You can start your gamer lit collection
2: now. Yes.
1: Get over here.
2: What? Why? If you just if you just give him silence, he will fill it with whatever,
1: and I love it. You know, like Street Fighter. Is that a Street Fighter?
2: I don't know. No, Mortal, Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. For somebody that hates video games, you <laughs> sure do know a lot I, of them. I
1: do. I like Mortal Kombat. I like Street Fighter. Pac Man. Pac Man. You like
2: all the. Games that like rip spinal cords out, like Pac-Man. Well, yeah, like pa- like Pac-Man. You eat ghosts. I, you're I like, already dead, and you're making them suffer even more.
1: I like Grand Theft Auto.
2: Ooh, Grand Theft Auto is good. Killing hookers, yes,
1: mm. and stealing their monies, yes. And then I also really liked Simpsons Road Rage.
2: Oh yeah, that's really See? good. That's a good game. Yeah. Crash
1: Bandicoot. Is it cute or cute? Yeah, go for it. Bandicoot.
2: <laughs> you live your most <laughs> authentic self. <laughs>
1: See, I like some games. I just stopped playing them because I like movies. (laughs) See, I like the Mortal Kombat movie. (laughs) What? You do? Uh, Yes, both of them. What? Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Love
2: them.
1: What? You're the only person on this planet. (laughs) I loved them. Oh, my goodness. That's hysterical. Sonya Blade. I wanted to be her when I grew up. Katana was my favorite. That's why I love fans.
2: All right. Well, um...
1: What are your favorite video games?
2: Grand Theft Auto.
1: My City? Or All five? of them. Okay.
2: All of them, you're allowed to sleep with hookers and then murder them and take their money back.
1: Mm, yes.
2: Um, I really like the cooking ones, mm. the cooking games, and also the farming games.
1: Okay. I really like Sims? Farming
2: game. The Sims. Yeah, oh, that's a big Sims. one. I remember I found The Sims when I was, like, really little. I found it in a box in mm. our Breezeway. It was my brother's game, and then he asked for it back, and I was sad. I think that was, like, right when it came out.
1: Hmm. Anything th- you want to say, guest?
2: Anything you want to say, <laughs> guest?
0: <laughs> Just learn your place, guests. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm good.
2: All right. Okay.
0: I should... Wait, wait, wait. I need to sell something that I, you know... Because don't guests come on and they, like, have a product that they're marketing or service or something. You're
2: marketing Audio Shelf.
0: (laughs) Check out (laughs) audioshelf.me. It's my new website. Uh, (laughs) You can listen to my (laughs) podcast there.
2: Uh, Excuse me. Excuse me,
1: sir. Excuse me. Uh, All right. Well, all together. Bye. This has been Audioshelf, where we release new episodes every Monday.
2: If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me.
1: We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening.
2: Gotta take a breath. <laughs> okay, so our summary, taken from Amazon, is at once wildly original and stuffed... Wait, hold on, That's a that's a review. Stop. Uh, hold it. John Hughes. What the f*** that word? Au revoir? What, how do you
1: pronounce that word? Bad so, bread, Pat. So I feel like it's like hors d'oeuvres.
2: John Hughes hors d'oeuvres.
0: <laughs> he throws the best parties.
2: Au revoir. au revoir.
0: Uh, he, he, I think what, what, uh. Herve. Is that fake? I would just go with Reclo.
2: Yeah, I you weed, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Or Will weed. <laughs>
2: John Hughes, Herver. Finer points of... What is a synonym? Crash. You, you live your mouth authentic. <laughs> <laughs> your mouth off. I'm just going to say work.
0: People like follow along and be like, that's not what that
2: says.
1: Cat...
0: Or not Catniss. Still time. Catniss. Catniss.
2: Um, <laughs> I don't care. I ain't French. We ain't French.
1: <laughs> and can we talk about Avatar? <laughs> it's not the movie. It's not the movie. Okay. It's wicked small.
2: Feel free to sign up. No.
1: Some sense. makes